0: Hello everybody, I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus, and as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And folks periodically we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastercopywriting at gmail dot com. Once again, that's pampastercopywriting at gmail dot com. Well, welcome back to our final day of exploring the Beatitudes. We learned about the peacemakers yesterday, working together with one heart attitude on purpose. People who place others ahead of themselves, not because they're timid, insecure, or even doormats. No, these are people who exude class throughout their entire spine. When we dig deep into the recesses of our heart, we realize going it alone is not an option. Our resilience and staying power comes from the Holy Spirit's guidance. All of us are taught to serve others in humility and gratitude. It's not about serving oneself. The peacemakers are healers of the world. Peacemaker stems out of the verb for joining together. The picture is this, two opposing forces that are now being reconciled peacemakers experience joy and excitement as they help others reconcile with God and with one another so today our beatitude is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and persecution for the kingdom is still alive and well today As an American, I know how blessed and privileged we all are to have free access to the Word of God, and yet so many of us take this free grace gift for granted. There are parts of the world today where people secretly gather to praise, worship, and learn the Word of God. These people literally put their life on the line because they understand the value and importance of Jesus. They understand that when you die, you don't cease to exist. They heard about Jesus' free gift of eternal salvation and are hungry for it so friends welcome back to our final beatitude where jesus shares with us blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven friends everyday people are persecuted this isn't only for missionaries or the men and women who have gone through proper seminary programs no this is for all of us and today i'm gonna read from the book of isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53, and the Lord's suffering servant. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. Many were amazed when they saw him beaten and bloodied. So disfigured one would scarcely know he was a person and he will again startle many nations kings will stand speechless in his presence for they will see what they had not previously been told about they will understand what they had not heard about who has believed our message to whom will the lord reveal his saving power my servant grew up in the lord's presence like a tender green shoot sprouting from a root in dry and sterile ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children, many heirs. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, He will be satisfied and because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners." And yet, friends, we will never experience a fraction of what our Lord, the suffering servant, endured. Isaiah's prophecy is absolutely astounding. His prophecy was foretold 700 years in advance of Jesus' suffering. Although as we read, Jesus was beaten and bloodied, so disfigured, but through his suffering, he would cleanse the nations. God time in and time out shows mankind that his ways are not the world's ways. The world expected to see a majestic king and kingdom, not a suffering servant. Jesus was not viewed and his physical stature is impressive. This led to the people of Israel miscalculating him. He didn't look like a David. And yet, if you recall, wasn't that most likely David's downfall, his handsome appearance? Recall in Proverbs, we're told charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a person who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Today, people are still overlooking all that Jesus did for them. Faithful believers are being relied upon to help direct people to God's extraordinary nature. People today, like thousands of years before, continue to reject and stand against Jesus' finished work at the cross. He remains despised, misunderstood, and rejected. His compassion and forgiveness is near uncomprehendable to a world who sees self-justification and having done no wrong in their own eyes. It's truly amazing that God shared this prophecy with Isaiah. The idea of God's Son coming to earth and dying for mankind's sins must have seemed unheard of this was punishment that we all deserved god pulled back the curtain of time for isaiah and the people to look ahead at the persecution of the messiah And let's read again chapter 53 verse 11 that says, When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. Friends, looking at the enormity of the believers who come into the family becoming righteous, not because of their own works, but rather because of Jesus' great work at the cross, makes it all worth it. They became justified because they claimed Christ, the righteous servant, as their savior. It was their faith that would ultimately save them. And the people who are worldly and not kingdom-minded tend to have weak commitments, especially pertaining to the values of God. A clear line must be drawn in the sand that doesn't get crossed, as opposed to what was stated earlier. These weaknesses are seen when they won't take a stand between right and wrong. The world's values often clash with kingdom values. And the New Testament in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And these were Paul's words to Timothy that people who wanted to follow and obey God and live for Jesus will be persecuted. We can just expect it. We're told not to be surprised when people misunderstand, criticize and even try to hurt us deliberately. This is because of what we believe and how we live our lives. This is when we must be clear about God's purposes and his will for our life. This isn't a time to give up. We must continue to live as we know we should. And the only one we need to worry about pleasing is none other than Jesus and after persecution jesus promises that we will undoubtedly receive the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven and jesus tells us god blesses us when we're mocked and persecuted and lied about because we are his followers we are to be happy about it be very glad for a great reward awaits us in heaven and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted too Jesus goes on to tell us to expect and rejoice in persecution for our faith. When we're persecuted, our eyes are taken off of ourselves. Our shallow beliefs are dissipated and our faith can't help but to be strengthened by the very element that is seeking to hurt us. We're to have a good attitude in suffering so that we bring honor and glory to Jesus by our example. It's comforting to remember God's greatest prophets were all persecuted as well. I'm referring to none other than Elijah, Jeremiah, and Daniel. And think about this for a moment. The fact that you are or have been persecuted means that you are faithful because faithless people go unnoticed. We have a reward awaiting us in the kingdom of heaven that we must remember that this life is temporal and that we can absolutely endure it. So I want to just review and conclude all of the Beatitudes that we've gone through. And I really want to say thank you again for traveling along with me as we've explored the various traits and Beatitudes Jesus gave us in his infamous Sermon on the Mount speech. Our journey unfolded like that of a good treasure map, the first being blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are blessed when we come to the realization of just how much we need God in our lives. Our second stop taught us blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And at times we all hurt. Whether it's from loss, oppression, betrayal, cancel culture, or simply the pains from life. Yet we're assured and confident of God's healing and comfort. In our sadness, the Holy Spirit brings us through to immense joy again. And our third trait or beatitude Jesus taught was blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And first and foremost, if you recall, we learned that meekness is not weakness. Blessed means more than happy. Blessed is the fortunate or enviable state of one who finds the kingdom of God residing within them. And the fourth beatitude that Jesus taught was blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the righteousness that God values is more than refraining from sin. It's actively turning toward others and offering them the help that they may need. And God tells us he'll give us all that we need if we live for him, making his kingdom our primary concern. And the Holy Spirit fills those who thirst for God's righteousness. Pressing forward, we go on toward another truth from Jesus. We found ourselves confronted with this seemingly simple beatitude that, come to find out, was carried and enclosed within many complexities. It was simply, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. But the merciful, they are the helpers within our world, and when we're spirit-led, we can show compassion and a cheerful love toward others who are suffering. So all aboard now, let's go on to our sixth stop. We came to blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We learned these people are considered holy. They're people who have innocent motives, holy thoughts, and a clean conscience. Those in scripture who are most holy are also found to be the most joyful traveling forward picking up momentum we came to Jesus's teaching surrounding peacemakers he said blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God these people are the healers residing in our world we learned that they were able to bring opposing forces together and finally the last beatitude we developed Deeper was blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And did you notice the succession Jesus took us through? God has had an order to his outline in the Beatitudes. We began by exploring the humble, then the hurting, the harnessed, the hungry, the helpers, the holy, the healers, and finally through to the end of the harassed or persecuted. So thank you for joining me, friends, and next we'll finish looking into what the other teachings from the Sermon on the Mount entailed. There were many. This was a several-day sermon that Jesus gave to all of his followers. He taught about salt and light, the law of Moses, anger, lust, divorce, vows, revenge, enemies, giving to the needy, prayer fasting, money, worry, judging others, ask, seek and knock, the way to heaven, fruits in a person's life, and building on solid foundations. So I hope that you'll continue along with me upon this journey of what Jesus's most important sermon encompassed, and we will finish out the Sermon on the Mount teachings over this next week. And friends, today if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, then I invite you to pray this pray this prayer of salvation with me and to our Lord Jesus Christ, simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe that you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can impart, guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers. Now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And as you go out into the world today, I'd like to pray one of Priest Aaron's contributions that he left. Uh, This is a benediction coming from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, and this prayer does encompass six blessings over your life. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present-day lives. We'll delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, and special subtopics like the Sermon on the Mount and what all of that encompassed. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please consider joining me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And much of today's podcast was referenced from my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you certainly can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And you know, friends, there's also an electronic version on my website should you choose to want to download an ebook. And if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please share it with them as well. And until next time, friends, be blessed.